Perhaps you read it in the news or heard it on television. A small town in Texas, a man was caught by a camera going into the nativity scene right downtown and stealing the baby Jesus out of the manger and running. They had pictures of him. They put all over the globe because the picture of him was blurred and they were trying to identify him. But the thing that interested me was the headlines and one of the local papers. It read, who removed Jesus from Christmas? Good question. Because all of us know that's exactly what's happened to Christmas. Listen to anybody, ask him, what does Christmas mean to you? It can mean anything. Whatever it means, it may be profits, it may be presents, it may be pleasure. You know, Christmas is whatever you want it to be, just pick a number. It may be travel, it, it could be family and food and friends and fruitcake and eggnog and whatever. Christmas has a meaning for everybody anywhere, so just pick out any meaning you like. And one thing's for sure, Jesus has been removed from Christmas. Hallmark movies. Did you know during this season that over 80 million people will watch Hallmark movies? Over 80 million. Only 69 million will watch ESPN with all the sports and football. So evidently, some of us guys are watching Hallmark movies. I don't know. <laughs> since last year, listen carefully, since last year, there have been some 140 plus new Christmas movies gone to press and being produced over 140. Since last year, new movies, if we didn't have thousands already in place. Books about Christmas approached almost a hundred new books written about Christmas. Supply, demand, and interestingly, in all of these movies, I challenge you to find God, and I challenge you to find Jesus. You may have a church scene, you may have some little twinkling of a carol, but I can tell you Jesus has been removed from all of it. It's sentimental, it's sweet, it's family, it's children, it's all that goes with Christmas, except Jesus has been extracted from the Hallmark Lifetime movies that so many watch. Isn't that interesting? Our culture has absolutely hijacked Christmas. A couple of years ago, I read an article that the heading was, amazing so, said, the church is now trying to steal Jesus at Christmas. You believe that? Jesus has been removed because Jesus might offend somebody. Let me give you the absolute, clear, biblical definition of Christmas so you won't be caught up in all the confusion 
that we see around the world today. Matthew chapter number one, verse number 23, gives us a clear, succinct, accurate definition of Christmas. And this is what Christmas is. A virgin conceived and bore a son, and they called his name Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. That is Christmas, God with us. The basic definition of Christmas. But some people will say, you know, that may be legend, right? It may be tradition. It may be something that's been carried forward by all of these years. God with us, that was Bethlehem, that was a babe laid in a manger. I mean, how do we know that really God came down the stairs of heaven with a baby in his arm? How do we know that God fleshed himself out in human form and took off the garment of light and put on pigmentation? God became man, totally God yet totally man. How do we know that happened? Is that a real thing? What if I told you that when I was 15 years old, I kept a little journal, and when I was 15 years ago, a few decades ago, in that journal, I wrote down the name of the four college football teams that we playing for the national championship. I wrote down Michigan and Washington and Texas and Alabama. And I said in 2023, these teams will be playing. Wow. On top of that in my journal, when I was 15, I wrote down who, what team would be playing what team, and I wrote down who the national championship would be when I was 15 years old. And what if also I wrote down all the scores of every one of those games with absolute accuracy? Didn't miss a one. Also, I wrote down all the statistics of those games. Rushing, passing, penalties. I wrote everything down with absolute accuracy about the national playoffs for the collegiate championship in football when I was 15 years old in a journal. And what if I brought that journal out and said, look, look, it happened exactly the way I wrote it down. What would you think? You would say, well, you know, you must be omniscient because only God knows the past, the present and the future with unerring accuracy. What are the odds? Some of you gamblers, what are the odds that that would happen and I would just be lucky and guess what would happen in 2023 back when I, what are the odds of that? Long odds, right? It would just happen by luck, by chance. Now, follow me. Thousands of years before Jesus was born, a handful of prophets wrote down exactly 
where he would be born, the life he would live, how he would die, over a hundred different prophecies. So everybody would know when God came into time and space and put on human flesh, the promised Messiah. And all this was wrote down in detail thousands of years ago. Now, what would the odds be that anybody could fulfill all that? Let's just take eight prophecies out of the 100 prophecies plus. Eight prophecies written thousands of years ago that would say, this is how you will know when God Almighty visits the earth. What are the odds of those eight prophecies being fulfilled by one person? I can tell you what they are. Dr. Peter Stoner, a brilliant mathematician, have figured it out. He said the odds of eight prophecies being fulfilled by one person are one to 10 to the 17th power. That's a one with 17 zeros after it. Now I've explained this many times so we'd understand it. If you took the state of Texas and you took silver dollars and you stacked them two feet high and they covered the entire state of Texas, and if you took somebody who had no clue and you blindfolded him and you flew him in a helicopter and landed him somewhere in Texas and he would scramble around and he would reach down and he would pull out that one silver dollar that was marked with a cross on it. The odds of him doing that are one to the 10 to the 17th power. In other words, it was fixed. It was rigged. God put down in prophecy what was fulfilled perfectly in Jesus Christ in his life. Does anybody in the planet want to debate the fact that God came into this world exactly born, lived a life that was described thousands of years ago. Listen, that is the historical truth of Christmas. And that is the reason after the creation, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he said, all was void, all was darkness. And then he said, let there be light. And he followed with all the let there be, let there be, let there be. Since that moment, when history began, when time began, the creation moment, the boom, the big bang, zip. Since that moment, the most important date, 6,000 plus years after that moment is Christmas, is Christmas. God came into this world. So Christmas is God with us. Also, Christmas is not only God with us, it is God for us. Why did he come? He came for us. The verse that everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave. Why did he give? Why did he put on human flesh? Why did God walk down the stairs of heaven with a baby in his arms? 
God gave himself as a gift for you and a gift for me. So no longer said human beings have been in existence. They've asked all the questions. What is God like? What is my purpose in life? Is there life after this life? Can there be any meaning? When I mess up, is there any way I can be forgiven? How do I make choices? All those number of questions, why am I sick? Why did this happen? All of those many, many questions that are asked. Jesus came into this world and Jesus answered them all. Jesus lived a perfect life. He gave us the beatitudes. Somebody, oh, I want to be happy. There's the formula, read it. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 tells anybody who is literate how you can live a happy life. The word blessed there means happy, to be congratulated. Jesus, not only that, he healed everybody he came in contact with reading the Bible. He healed every single person he came in contact with who had any problem. On top of that, through his parables, he gave illustrations of this is how you act in this situation. This is how you handle when you fail. And he walks through all of this in his life. And finally, on the cross, we read in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love for us. And while we were yet sinners, while we we're yet messed up, Christ died for us. He took all of that upon himself that you and I deserve to take and be judged for. He was judged on behalf of you and me so that we have an entree to God. Does anybody think you just walk up to God and talk to God and, and make deals with God? No, you're dealing with the Almighty. So therefore, Jesus provided that you and I can be, guess what, perfect. To get to heaven, you have to be perfect. Somebody says, well, I'm gonna get there on my own choice. I'm gonna make it because I do more good things than I do bad things. Other people tell me, you know, I was born a Christian. Never, never, if somebody says they're born a Christian, they don't know the first thing about what it means to be a Christian. Somebody says, well, I, I, I live a pretty good life. No, no, no. To be a Christian means that we understand that Christmas is God with us and Christmas is God for us. And he's for us so much that he took all of the trash in your life and my life and he died, paid the price so that we stand before the Lord God Almighty. He looks upon every single one who are in Christ as absolutely perfect as members of his family. So God is with us, that's Christmas. God is for us, that is Christmas. And then the final thing, God is in us. Wouldn't it be something, wouldn't it be an absolute miracle if we could realize that God Almighty could come in my life and in your life and empower us with his Holy Spirit? Revelation. Chapter number three, verse number 20. Jesus says, behold, 
By the way, he said, behold, before the first thing, before he became a man. He said, behold, that means wake up. Is anybody thinking? Does anybody have any logical thought? Is anybody understanding? Jesus says, behold, I stand before the door and knock. Ladies and gentlemen, God has been knocking on the door of your heart and my heart and my mind and your mind all of our life. But this Christmas, do you hear him knocking? He said, I stand at the floor and knock. If anyone hears my voice, he knocks to get our attention. And then he speaks that still small voice in us. He shouted at us. He's brought us through valleys. He's dealt with us in so many ways. And now in a quiet way, he says, I'm knocking at the door of your life. Anybody who hears my voice and opens the door, Jesus says, he will come into us. That's his spirit. And he will abide in us. He will live in us. And that Holy Spirit gives us the power to live an abundant, full life. Those, amen, those who receive him, to them he gives the power to become sons and daughters of God, family of almighty God. So Christmas is God with us. Nobody can debate that. Christmas is God for us, that's Calvary. And Christmas is God in us when we receive him and invite him to come in. Let me show you something that's really something. Jesus once said, I am the light of the world. On another occasion, he said, you are the light of the world. How in the world can you and I become light? It happens when we say, Lord Jesus Christ, come into all the dark areas of my life and bring life there, bring healing there, bring forgiveness there. And that's the miracle of the new birth. That's the miracle of becoming a Christian. We invite him to come in and he lives there and then he gives us the power to have a life with purpose, a life that is abundant, a life that is free and you don't have anything in your life today that God cannot take care of if we let him run our life. What if Putin of Russia decided, you know, I'm an evil man, all of this, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. What if he became a Christian? What do you think would happen? What if you think if one of the Ayatollahs decided, you know, I want Jesus Christ to come in my life. I see this is the true God. What do you think would happen in Iran? What do you think would happen in China, Xi Jinping? What do you think would happen anywhere, anytime, in any area of government? What do you think would happen if, if in the corporate world, the person who is there in charge or those who have position would say, you know, I want Christ to run my life. What do you think would happen in the business world? What do you think would happen in any family if a father or a mother or son or a daughter would say, you know, I want forgiveness of God. I want to forgive everybody else. I want Christ. What do you think? That family would be healed. That life would be healed. 
Anywhere Jesus goes in, he takes darkness and turns darkness into light. That is Christianity. God with us, God for us, God in us.